Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, you and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. And with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, we refuse to allow him to take the win. And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line. Attack the objective! Hello? There yep, you there? Yeah, buddy, there you go. Okay, there we go. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Good, buddy. Good. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today, man. I appreciate it, man. I thanks thanks for having me. You know we're recording right now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With my guests, I just get right into it. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, you know what? Like I said, you can ask me whatever you want, <laughs> however you want to do it. Careful, man. I might just do that. <laughs> I'm can, ready. You can hear me and, and see me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. See you, yep. Awesome, man. Well, well, gentlemen, uh, I, I am excited to have a, another guest on the podcast today. I have uh, with me today my new friend. His name is Jeremy Kenner. Now, yep, yep. you know, not, not to be mistaken for Jeremy Renner, also known as the Hawkeye on Marvel. But <laughs> yeah, I got I got today with me one step up of Jeremy Renner. He, he's he's better. <laughs> He's better than Hawkeye. He, he, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, buddy. But, yeah. He's, he's, he's got more power than Hawkeye does. So I'm super excited. <laughs> I got Jeremy Kenner here. He is my new friend, my brother in Christ. Uh, he actually reached out to me on Boxing Day. Uh, he sent me a, a random message came through uh, from Jeremy. And uh, it was great connecting with him. At first, I didn't know if this was a legit message because like, I don't very get often... Uh, uh, per direct messages through Facebook. So I'm glad it was legit, brother. And I'm glad that the Lord connected our paths. Uh, Jeremy is a married man. He is a father of four. And yep. Jeremy is also a police officer in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Right on. So don't mess with Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy, you've been policing for about six years now, right? Yes, yes, that's correct. Yeah, and Jeremy, my guest, is also uh, an artist and a comic book author and illustrator. And uh, he actually sent me a link of um, a, a half, um, a good amount of pages of his comic book that he's written and illustrated, and it's excellent. You are super talented, man, at, at uh, drawing and artistry, or however you say it, and writing. Yeah. Uh, what I, what I, I read... Yeah, man, what I read was excellent. So I'm really excited, man. We're gonna talk later about your your comic book, um, mm -hmm. and I wanna I wanna allow you to let the the listeners know where they can uh, reach out to you and find out more about what you're doing on the comic book end. Um, I also discovered, brother, this is the scary thing about online about 
about Googling certain people. You can dance, bro. That I saw, is correct. <laughs> I saw on your YouTube, man. It was quite older. I think they were like six or seven yeah. years old. But, that but is dude, correct. You're, you're doing like the robot or yeah. whatever. You know what? I'm actually a part of this crew that's based in Atlanta called Dragon House. Okay. It's a well-known crew. Everybody in there is way better than me. But that is true. That was one. That is one of my hobbies. That I'm. I'm not as into it as I used to be. But. Yep. When I go back to Atlanta and we throw competitions and stuff like that, that is what I do. Yes. Dude, and believe in- me, they make fun of me for that at work all the time. <laughs> so- they follow those videos and they used to play them in front of everybody at roll call and all types of stuff. That is totally awesome. Well, you got to do more because I think the late, the newest one is about six or seven years old. Yeah, I have, I stopped putting them out because I didn't want too many people to recognize me on the streets. <laughs> But you know what? I still participate in it, and I can still do it. Now, brother, so, do you do you also rap? No, no. Oh, okay, okay. Um, because that, I, I I thought I saw some some sort of rap or hip hop on your YouTube there as well. No, that was like a um, like a uh, what was it, a project I did where I was actually making the music and just putting random um, like audio clips I found pretty much acapella and i would take it back in the day i used to make a lot of like instrumental music okay and so i had some old files of that and i put it to a couple of um acapella verses and stuff like that but that's not me rapping that's just that the music is created by me though the beats i should say the the instrumentals that's awesome man the reason why i ask is because my son he's 17 he yeah. his, his name's austin Knoll. Uh, you can look okay. him up on, on YouTube. Uh, he's got about just under 3,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Uh, he, he makes uh, hip hop and, and trap beats. And oh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, he's really he's really good, and the Lord's really blessed his music, man. At such a young age, uh, he's made yeah. some mon- he's made some money off of it, and he's making some connections wow. with some Christian rappers. And yeah. uh, he's pretty excited about that. So I thought I'd I thought I'd mention that to you, man. Look him up, Austin yeah. Noel. And, okay, uh, I will. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll like what you hear for sure. Okay, um, cool. So before we get it, now one thing I just want to talk about some technical things here. It, does it look like I'm looking directly at you now in the camera when I'm talking yeah, to you? Yeah. Or what, yeah. what, what about now? Am I looking at you now or is it kind of weird now? Like, uh, I can, it looks the same to me. I, I mean, in my, <laughs> okay, no I worries. Know, my camera just centers your eyes. I don't know. Okay, but, so the way I'm looking now is good? Yeah, the okay. way you're looking now is good. Because because part of on my camera, it's it's kind of tripping me out here. It looks kind of weird. I didn't know where I was looking for a while. So yeah, my just, friends told me that too. Like when I put out videos, they say you're not looking into the camera. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Just Same wanted to make thing. sure. So so before we get into kind of the the main kind of the meat of the uh, the discussion today, um, yeah. just tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of your your upbringing as a boy, life, you mm-hmm. know, in in the eyes of Jeremy Kenner as a boy growing up. Yes. Okay. So I grew up on the north side of Milwaukee and it was a pretty tough neighborhood. My dad, he started off as an engineer and he was electrical engineer for a company called Bell. And my mom, she homeschooled us. So up to about sixth grade. So we grew up in this tough neighborhood. I remember one of the the um, pivotal points of, of my, me growing up is drug dealers move across the streets and they was running in the house with guns wow. and we saw them trying to hide their guns and their coats and my dad 
my mom was all freaking out. You can't go outside. There's people with guns out there. Yeah. My dad took the biggest Bible he had and went over there and said, this is our neighborhood. Wow. You are not allowed here. <laughs> and he invited them to church, but he said, you can't come back here anymore. Wow. And I was like so astonished. This is when I was like maybe six years old. Man. Well, the thing about it is my parents led me to Jesus Christ. They were the ones to sit me down and tell me the gospel, to tell me about how um, I had to be saved from my own sins, how Jesus Christ died for my sins, mm -hmm. how he resurrected. Um, they told me about all of that, and they laid it out for me. My dad, shortly after that, um, after being, I would say, when I was around 10 years old, he became a pastor. He was assistant pastor before that. He became a pastor. And uh, started his own church, Sweet Communion Baptist Church. That is the same church that I go to today. Okay. Is he and, still um, pastoring there? Yep, he's still the pastor. Wow, that's awesome. I got one older brother and one younger sister. My brother's one year older than me. If you saw him, you would think he was my twin, although okay. I look way better than he does. <laughs> I got a sister that's three years younger than me. Okay. So yep, so... Uh, you were raised in a Christian home and you were brought to the Lord and, and brought to saving faith at, at a young age. Yes. Yes. Around the age of seven, I believe, like they sat me down and they told me. And the, I, one thing that I remember is I was very scared of the idea of hell because mm -hmm. I knew I was a sinner. When they told me about things I had done wrong, I, even at that young age, I was like, yeah, I, I am a bad person. Like, I had to realize, like, yeah, I did do bad things. And, and if there is a God out there, he will judge me. Mm. And so when they told me those things, I remember praying with them and, and accepting Jesus Christ. And at that day, my whole life had never been the same. Like, there's things that I always tell people, there's things other people can do that I simply cannot do because the Holy Spirit has set me apart. Yeah. I, it's certain words I can't use, it's certain things I can't, places I cannot go. It is not because of my own righteousness, but it's because God called me to be a new creature. Yeah. And so I always try to tell people that, you know, and it's affected me in ways, you know, like we'll probably get into it as a police officer, all yeah. these different things as an artist. It's all with God's God's hand has always been on my life and I cannot deny it. Mm, that's you awesome. know, there's been times where I tried to get away. I remember in high school, I went to a high school of the arts. So I went to a school that was like always about illustration, art, dance, music. Yeah. And when I was going there, you can guess that it was a very, very liberal school. It was a very like school of introducing these new philosophies and yeah. trying to take you away from the you know the the traditional you know american beliefs they were trying to take you away from godly beliefs and biblical beliefs and during that time i really struggled because i was like man i'm the only one here i used to carry a bible in my backpack mm -hmm. the only one here that believes this stuff yeah why why is it right and i tried to study different things and they just kept coming bringing me back to the word of god is true mm -hmm. i can't escape it and so all through all my life, God set me apart. Yeah, man, that, that's awesome. Because sometimes you hear uh, people share their testimony and the testimony, our testimony is all different, right? Everyone's testimony is so different and, yeah. and we all have one. That's, that's the, yep. that's the thing we have in common as believers and followers of Christ. We all have a story and that's what our testimony is. It's our story of where God, who we were before, maybe what we were dealing with before. And then this is what, when God entered into our life. 
and the power yeah. of his spirit came at work inside of our of our lives and within our, within us and begin to change us this is what god then did that's our testimony right and some people have a testimony that's like crazy like you can make a movie of like this testimony right like yeah. like i was selling drugs and i got shot up and you know i i had like 10 babies you know by 10 different moms <laughs> these you crazy... describing a guy from my church right now he has a crazy <laughs> testimony yeah we'll see and, and, and sometimes you can hear testimonies like that and you can and then you hear testimonies like you where, yeah. where you were born and raised into a God-fearing home with a, a dad and a mom that loved Jesus and that taught you the ways of, of scripture and Jesus. And then you, you touched on it at a young age, you felt, yeah. like you felt and experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that, yeah. it, it's funny because my, a pastor, a former pastor of mine, he actually passed away a few years ago. Great oh. man of God. He, um, he, he used to tell me, Matt, uh, because his testimony was one of those crazy ones. He was in a biker yeah. gang and in and out of mm. prison and, you know, just running with the wrong crowd. And then Jesus met him uh, in a powerful way in a, in a jail cell and radically changed his life around like this incredible testimony that you can make a movie out of. Uh, yeah. And then, and then I would, I would tell him, pastor Dale, I, I wish I had a testimony like yours. Cause yeah. I, you know, I, I'm like this, like I never touched drugs or alcohol and yep. I had my struggles. I had my things, of course, that I got into yeah. and stuff. But, um, but he said, no, Matthew, your testimony is greater than my testimony because, because God kept you, God kept you from those things yeah. in the world. And uh -huh. so I hear that I hear some similarities in your testimony as well. W was there ever a time that you kind of strayed or went your own way as a, maybe in your teen years, young, young adult years? Yeah. Like, and, and before even get to that, I feel exactly what you're saying, because as a pastor's kid, yeah. you have this overwhelming, like sense that everybody's calling you like a goody two shoes you know so it your sinful nature wants to go out and prove them wrong i'm yeah. just as bad as you are i can drink just like you drink i can smoke just like you smoke i can do drugs i can do that and and that has always been like one of those things where satan or what my own flesh would try to convince me to like be like oh yeah you you don't have to you know, live into your father's shadow, you, you, you know, and, and the same thing you said before, where I always yeah. felt guilty about having this testimony of, man, your life was just so, you, you, you were so lucky. You don't get to tell anybody any exciting stories or anything like that. You were saved at such a young age. You didn't even get to experience sin in its full form, you know, yeah. and, be, and, and I always felt, but then people have said that same thing they told you to me. They, they said, God kept you. Yeah, God, you know, and, and the same salvation that you received is the same thing the drug dealer and the gang member received. That's right. The same God saved you that saved them, yeah. you know, and just like you were asking before, did I ever stray? Mm -hmm. I would say like my toughest time was in between high school and college. And really, that's because when you're going through things like puberty and mm -hmm. and um, everybody's being like sexual promiscuous around you and people want to party. Yeah. I was drawn into that. Me yeah. and my brother used to, we weren't, we never used drugs and I never got drunk. Ne to this day, I've never in my life been drunk. Yeah. Same with me. I don't man. even yeah. like the taste of alcohol. It's I fun never. That's funny because in grade nine, in grade nine, I had a sip of like a light beer. It was like a light yeah. beer. And I was like, Phew. and I was like, no, gross, I can't do this. And so yeah. it's never interested me. But to this then, day, yep. Same here. To this day, I've yeah. never had a taste to do that stuff. Yeah. And I've been so scared of using drugs because I've seen people go out of their mind. Yeah, I bet. 
even at even living in a bad neighborhood, seeing like the crackheads and things like that, I was like, I never want to be like that. And you know so what's crazy? Never... You know what's crazy to me, brother? Even as we we're just talking about that, e- even though you know, and, and again, you and I aren't some on some pedestal compared to other yeah. people. We're we're all on the same pedestal under Christ, uh-huh. right? Doesn't matter what you've gone through, what you're going through. We our yeah. faith, our faith in Christ is what makes us right before God. That's it, not That's our correct. works. Right. And so it doesn't matter what you're struggling with or what your testimony is. Uh, Jesus looks at us all the same. Are we That's are we right. covered in his blood? Are, are, have we been cleansed and forgiven by yep. the grace and mercy of God? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't want to lose my train of thought here. But, uh, oh, shoot, what was I going to say? Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes you can think like when people... When people, oh my goodness, I'm losing my train of thought, brother. No, it's not good. I totally lost my train of thought there. But th- sometimes you can, sometimes you can, you, you can get this idea like um, of these different almost levels of of righteousness, yeah. depending on what you do. And just because mm-hmm. we stay clean from you know alcohol and, and drugs, and maybe someone who's listening now is maybe struggled with that or is struggling with that, it, when when Jesus comes into the picture. And his forgiveness comes, he, mm-hmm. he makes he makes us all. There's no partiality. There's no favoritism. Yes. yes. We're, we're all the yes. same, no matter what yeah. your story, no matter what your struggle. So right. um, I, sorry yeah. for interrupting you there. I want you, you... No, you're fine. That's that's absolutely uh, uh, the same along the same lines of what I was gonna say. Yeah, there. that's what I was gonna say, but I just I just remembered it. I just it just sorry, I, I apologize. <laughs> but but no, I'm all, I'm also a pastor's kid as well. And so oh, this, is, okay. this is what I wanted to say. Sometimes when there, there can be a stereotype that if your dad's or your, your, your dad's a pastor, your parents are in ministry, you know, that those kids will, will come out, you know, scot-free, you know, clean as yeah. a little white bunny rabbit, right? Like no problems, no <laughs> sin, no issues, but that's not true. It doesn't matter yep. your upbringing, whether you're a pastor's kid or your dad's, you know, a drunk, it, you know, mm-hmm. we, we all have the same temptations, tendencies, and can be led to stray the exact same way. Yep, that's hundred mm-hmm. percent true. Yeah. You know what? People look at God as if He's limited, like we are. Yeah. And God can save a drug dealer. Like it's a guy in my church who was addicted to heroin for about ten years, and God saved him, and he went Scott clean. Like he just went full blown clean the next day. Yeah. Now I know people who had to struggle through it. You know. Yeah. But God can save anybody. He's not he's not limited to what we're going through, you know, just That's because right. somebody's a pastor's kid or yeah. somebody is a um, you know, MS 13's gang member, they, it doesn't matter. Mm. God can save anybody that he wants. Yeah. And so it, I've always, you know, that's one of the things I had to uh, a hurdle I had to get over thinking that, you know, my salvation was not as strong as somebody who was living a life of sin or a life of crime or something like that. That's true. But man. yeah, I've always went the most struggle, the most um, difficult parts of my life was probably when I was in college. Cause I graduated at age 17 and then I got into like the party scene, the dances. And that's where I learned how to dance and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would go out, me and my, me and my brother would go out to like nightclubs and stuff like that. And yeah. it was fun. We didn't participate in anything like crazy, but what it did do is it skewed us because we saw everybody else participating in this stuff. Yeah. So they would go to, we would, they would afterwards take girls to hotels and do things like that. And we would be like, okay, I guess we're going home now. And when you well, play, we, when you play that close to the door of yeah. sin, you're 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 really really close. I mean, your your hand your hand yep. is on the doorknob of that door. Yep. 
and and, and that's what we did. Yeah, and that's that's not what God wants us to walk in wisdom, right? But but we're all we, we all have those same tendencies that that's called the lust of our flesh, the desires of our flesh, and and it's hard when you see everybody else around you. I mean, yep. the majority of people in college, the majority of people in the world are just doing whatever they want to do. They're just living by the desires of their flesh. That's yep. what they know. That's what they allow uh, to drive them to they live their life by those desires. But when you give your life to Jesus and you put your faith in him, now we're called to walk in the spirit so that we don't fulfill the lust yep. of the flesh, right? And so right. God, God wants us as Christian men, because every man, whether you're a Christian man, or, or an unbeliever, you hate God, you reject God. Both of those men wake up every morning and have to face the same battles, the same temptations, the yeah. same struggles, the same desires of the flesh. And, and Christian men, we, we rely upon the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to overcome so that we resist those things. We resist the temptation. And, and we say, Lord, we want to serve and please you more then we want to serve and please ourselves. And yep, so absolutely. It, it blesses me to hear, man, that your testimony, you know, was, was the way it was that God, God, yeah. for the most part kept you. And, and yeah. now to this day, you know, you're, you're, you're serving, you know, as a police officer, you, yeah. you love yeah. the Lord, man, just going through your YouTube scene, you know, you're, yeah. very, you're very serious for God. You take the things of God very seriously. Yeah. All and the, you know, what? at the right. same time, all at the same time, bro, you like to laugh and be a goofball too. Yeah. I've, seen, I've, learned, I've learned that all about you already. So, so go ahead and say what you're yeah, going to say. I appreciate that. And you know what, if you want to see more of like me and my brother have our philosophy um, or, or what we believe or what our church teaches, me and my brother have a YouTube channel called zeal brothers. That's Z E A L and then right. brothers. And me and him are both on there. We upload videos all the time okay. and we have these discussions about, marriage what being a real godly man is like we talk about current modern day issues right. what's going on in the news what's going on in our city yeah. we talk about all that stuff and, I, and he's going to um seminary to be a pastor okay. so he's way more knowledgeable than i am okay and he, he he's like uh he he's got the same passion and zeal and drive but you'll see the difference in personalities there but he's 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 very good he he me and him we work together like um like peanut butter and jelly, pretty much. Nice, man. I'll have to check uh, that out. Zeal, Zeal Brothers uh, on YouTube. Yeah, Zeal Brothers. Okay, man. I'll you definitely. Would, you would love him. You would love him because he uh, he he loves he loves Jesus Christ. Nice. He loves God just like I do, and he he wouldn't mind talking to you either if we could set yeah, that up. For sure. Is he and is he older or younger? He's one year older than me. Okay, nice. Yeah, I got an older brother too. My 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 older brother's three yeah. years older than me, so. And for yeah. all you listeners there watching, I told I, me and uh, Jeremy met up the other day on a video call and I told him I was 40. And he's like, no, no way. You're 40 years old. I no, am. I'm 40. Is 40. This, this guy's like 25. <laughs> I'll take he's it, man. I'll take it. You say you box? I, when I was 17, I got into boxing. Yeah. So I was quite oh, young. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, what is something you're doing? You're doing something over there. Yeah, That's for sure, man. Young. It must be the coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker, so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that uh, you said in Canada, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, y'all got that cold, that cold Canada air over there. Y'all, I don't know. Maybe the moose meat or something. <laughs> Bro, it's cold today. It's like a high of minus 13 today. It must be cold where you are too, right? Yeah, I'm in Wisconsin, which is not too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're cold as well. So, yeah, so, so mo moving on in your story, man. So yep. you, you get through your college years. 
Uh, and, and like I said, at the beginning of the show, uh, you are a married man and, um, uh, you're, you've been married for, I think you said 17 years. Oh, no, 15 now. 15 15 years you've been married and you and your wife been blessed with four kids. That's correct. uh, Yes. So, so take me back. I'm always interested in in hearing from men of how they met their wives, because for me, for me, I, when I was 17 years old and I shared this on the podcast in the early stages of the, of the podcast. When I was 17, I got into a stupid relationship. It wasn't good. It wasn't of God. It was of me. It was what Matt and all wanted. It was what my flesh wanted. Yeah. Uh, there was sin involved. It was not a good situation. But thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit and how he brings us back. He convicts us and he has mercy yep. on us. I'm so glad for the mercy of God. And he has mm-hmm. patience for us. Patience, yes. And yeah. so when I was 18, I got rid of that relationship and mm-hmm. I got my life right with the Lord. And for a whole year, I prayed and I said, God, I, I want to be right with you, but I still have a relationship for a godly woman. I want to meet a woman. Yeah. And I said, Lord, I want to meet a blonde woman. That's what I prayed. I want to meet a blonde woman. <laughs> I told the Lord, the Bible says, you know, tell the Lord your desires and he'll give you the desires yeah. of your heart, right? So, <laughs> so I prayed. I said, Lord, give me a blonde, godly woman, someone that loves Jesus more than they will love me and someone that I can meet and fall in love with and marry. And it yeah. took me a year. It took me a year. I I went to roller skating rinks to try to find the right girl. And, you know, I believe that I got on the, on the rink, the Lord would shine a spotlight down on the one, you know, <laughs> go to her. It never happened that way. So I had to wait and I had to get my life right with God. And then finally, I met my wife through a mutual friend. And when I okay. saw her, I knew I was going to marry her, man. I'm telling you. Oh, and, really? and, and two weeks into knowing her, I, I remember telling her, I whispered, I said, I, I think I'm falling in love with you. And she said, she said, no, you're not. It was too soon, <laughs> but I was, <laughs> I knew it. So saying all that, I always love hearing how the Lord brings a couple yeah. together. So how, tell us how you met your wife. And so mine is a little bit different because it's almost the opposite of like, when you said you wanted to meet a blonde woman. So you know me, I told you um, before that I grew up in a, in a, in an all black neighborhood, went to a pretty much predominantly black school. Yep. Right. And I always thought like me being into the music, I like me like dressing the, the clothes I wear. I always thought, you know, I'm gonna marry a black woman yeah. and some black kids that look just <laughs> like me. I, it was a pride thing, honestly, <laughs> because I always said, I always was like, I'm going to prove the world wrong yeah, that yeah. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to um, create these black kids and we're going to be, have these conservative values <laughs> and we're going to, you know, uh, take over the world, you know, yeah. and show people that, yeah. that, that black people are, are strong and all, all this nonsense. Right. Yeah. All this, and that's, and I really believe that. Like I was attracted. I was like, man, you know, I even had, this is how bad it was, man. When I was in that party and stage and I was going out like every other night, I had a bunch of friends that were white females and they always were trying to get with me. And I would say, Oh, I'm not into white girls. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, and now looking back at that, it was so wrong of me to like, <laughs> even though those girls weren't the right ones to me, but to, 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 you know, just tell people that because of their race that I'm not attracted to them was instant, you know, but <laughs> I really believed that at the time. (laughs) And then, so I was leading this Bible study at UWM. Yeah. Me, my brother, and my best friend at the time were leading this Bible study. And it was at um, the college of UWM, which my brother went to. And we would have people come by. And I saw this girl, and she was white. And I was like, she kind of attractive, man. Yeah, yeah. 
She was very pretty to me. I was like, okay, <laughs> let me just see if she. So then, so and then I started. I was like, you know, I was talking to her, just seeing where she's at. I saw she was a Christian. Yeah. And she really believed it. She just kept coming to her Bible study. And she was throwing hints and stuff like that. But I was like, you know what? I don't know if that's <laughs> if I should, you know, go for that because she not fitting my prototype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and she she dressed the way she I like. She did yeah. she just she was gorgeous, you know. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm a dater. And then this is my mind, this is how stupid my mindset was back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm a dater and see if something go wrong. And the moment something go wrong, I'm getting her out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would, I, me and her started dating. I, I was like, you know what? I like you. Let's go, you know, let's, you, you know, let's go on some dates, blah, blah, blah. I came over yeah. to her house. She was so cool and so nice. Yeah. And the thing is, she just fit everything that I was like, this would be a good wife. She had a good relationship with her father. Yeah, she, yeah. she was like, I, she was very submissive from the get go. Like she did not like give me no, before I would date, you know, I had problems with dating women that were just had a combative spirit. She did not have that. Yeah. She was looking forward to like being married and having children. She wanted to be a wife. Mm -hmm. She, she loved me like to death to the point where she would, she would just, she would, she, she just did everything right to Like, I'm yeah. not going to lie. She was like the, and that, and then I was like, you know what? <laughs> I will marry this girl. Yeah. I will marry her. And then, then when we, when I told her, I remember proposing in front of my church and meeting her and meeting her parents and doing all these things. Hmm. I, I forgot the whole fact that she was white. Hmm. You know what I mean? And even yeah. my friends were like, they would remind hmm. me and be like, man, Kenner, you, you, I've never expected you to marry a white girl. <laughs> now, you know? And now I look back and I'm like, I don't even consider yeah the race anymore it's simply about god had that for me and he broke down all those stupid walls and barriers yeah. i had because yeah, I he was you. like listen god was like yo you you have this mindset of what's best for you but i know what's best for you come on man that's right you know and and he yeah. and he took me out of that dumb mindset i had where where i was like yeah i'm gonna marry you i'm gonna marry a black woman and this and that and so and and when i got married and had my children you know, or she had our children and you, you know had a, you had a part to play in that man <laughs> you had a part to play <laughs> i had the fun part but, but yeah, yeah that's so... right man you know you, i want to say one thing there it's true because when i when i was a young man as well and i was in that relationship i remember when i got out of it i knew it was the right thing to do i knew i yeah. had to get out of it but i yeah. i was really i was like uh really quite broken i was quite broken in my heart and my in my emotions um, and the Lord kept me physically. He protected me physically as well in that, in that relationship as well. But I, I thought in my immature self, I thought I will never love again. I will never find someone again. And, and I thought I knew what love was then, but I had uh, no idea. I was so stupid, so immature. Yes. And, and I think it's important that even, even if you're, you know, whether you're 17 or maybe you're listening right now and you're 27, 37, 47, there's a lot of there's a lot of immaturity in in all of us and sometimes it can yes. it can rear its ugly head and immaturity oftentimes is connected very closely with selfishness you know yep. we have selfishness what we want not thinking of others mm -hmm. and then immaturity this mindset that's immature but if we if we allow and trust god enough to to let go of those things and say lord like you said man 
God's like, yo, I got something. I know what I do. I, I, you know, you want this black woman, make black kids take over the world, the uh -huh. black family, right? But, but God knows what's best for us. And yep. I, looking back now, man, we've been married for 19 years. I can't yeah. imagine if I persisted in my way, yeah, I, I, what I would have missed out on. Like, man, yes. I, I couldn't imagine life without my wife, without my kids. You know, just last night, my wife and I, we had our date night. We went out, got yeah. some hamburgers, brought some burgers back home because you can't eat out in restaurants now because of stupid oh. COVID. So we came back home, threw on, you know, some, some TV we like to watch and just had a yeah. wonderful night. Just yep. being best friends, the uh, love of my life. I love her to death and I couldn't imagine anything else. But the only reason and the only way that I've been blessed, which I don't deserve, but I've been blessed by God with her is simply by God's grace, man. He, absolutely. He, I so think gracious. of all the stupid things that I, I did that I'm like, it really was ordained by God because you got My wife is from five. She's five hours north of here and she decided to go to the specific college. I was teaching a Bible study at a college I didn't go to. She happened to go to my Bible study. All these things that God put in place, you know, and it's, I can't say like, oh, it's because I'm this great guy and this and that, you know, but God had always had a plan, you know, and that's just crazy because if I would have never met her, my children would have never been born. And, you know, and just the the fact of she she's a real godly woman, somebody who really loves God. Yeah. And that's insane. Like to and I look at YouTube now and see the men that are out there struggling to even find a wife and, and to know that I have one that's godly is just is 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 like you gotta thank God for that. Cause that like the Bible says, who he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And obtains you favor know? from the Lord. Yes, that's right, man. Absolutely. Bro. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. So yeah, thanks for sharing that, man. That's awesome. So I want to move on. I want to talk just a little bit. We're going to talk about your policing work. And yeah. um, but I want to just uh, preface it with uh, when you reached out to me, you you let on, on there on Facebook Messenger, you told me about the uh, the comic book, that uh, series that you're in process of writing, you have one done, yes. I believe, and you're working on the yeah. second one now. And like I said, man, it's rad. But the comic book series that you're working on, it's called Wags the Warrior. And yep. the, uh, the, the main, one of the main um, characters is Wags Wheelhouse is his name. And yes. um, you, you, you say it on, on, on the uh, Facebook page of that, you say Wags the Warrior of Truth comic book confronting culture with Christian art. And so that's yes. kind of the whole idea of your comic book ministry. And um, it, it is fantastic, man, in every way. And, and the message that you talk about in comic book form is is quite powerful you can really yeah. apply it to uh culture and society today uh but mm -hmm. i noticed one thing that you did write on your facebook page um and i'll just quote you you wrote <clears throat> as a police officer i see the spiritual warfare between good and evil on a regular basis out yes. of this wags comic book that you created um, the a comic book that details the journey of a young Christian thrust into spiritual combat while trying mm -hmm. to adjust to his first year in high school. So, so when I read that, the the main connection, the one thing that really connects me with you at this point, brother, is yeah. is spiritual warfare. That was the mm -hmm. one thing when I read, I was like, yo, this is really interesting to me because if if you just sent me, hey, I, I make comic books and they're really funny and they're really cool. 
but there was no mission. There was no yeah. mission of, of, of something that we can apply in everyday normal Christian life. Then truthfully, to be honest, I probably wouldn't be very interested. And there yeah. would have probably been a, a chance that I wouldn't even have reached back to you. I might have said, yeah. hey, thanks, man. I'll check it out. But, yeah. but I was intrigued <laughs> immediately because of the spiritual warfare uh, component. Um, yeah. and because that is one of the main ideas of why I even started my podcast. Uh, okay. a, year, a year and a half ago, I, I was in a season of my life where I just really, um, I, I loved listening to podcasts. Um, and I, me being a man, a husband and a dad, uh, and a man, not just a man, but a Christian man, I just yeah. had this real understanding. And I already knew this, but this real understanding kind of came over me about a year and a half ago of how hard it is to follow Jesus as a, as a man. There, yeah. There's so much opposition against mm -hmm. men who desire to honor Christ. Absolutely. And to, and to serve the Lord. And that really just hit me really hard a year and a half ago. And I had this thought. I, I really believe it was the Holy Spirit gave me this thought, this passion to record a podcast by faith uh, mm -hmm. with, with the main mission being um, spiritual warfare, standing as men by faith in Christ, standing yeah. and fighting on the front line of this battle that we are in every day against the daily yeah. opposition against the enemy for fighting for our manhood, fighting for our yeah. marriages, fighting for our children and fighting for the call of God that's upon our life. That yeah. was so, so there's a main component there in my ministry, much like yours, brother of spiritual warfare, because yeah. the reality is, and I know you'll agree with me every single day, we are up against opposition opposition of the enemy right like we absolutely warfare is not just a one-time thing it's it's a war it's it's an it's a constant minute by minute day by day fight there there's yeah. opposition there's pushback there's lies of the enemy his his lies are vicious there's oppression there's depression there's temptation mm -hmm. discouragement doubt fear there's anxiety arguments within marriages uh, yep. attempts and attacks of the enemy to try to divide families and break apart, you know, dads with their relationship with their kids and on yep. and on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. There's so much spiritual warfare that, that men are up against because the enemy are the devil, our enemy, the, the Bible talks about, he, he's very real. He's not some, yep. he's not some myth. He's very real. And I know, you know, this verse, and a lot of, you know, who are listening, Ephesians six, verse 12, for we wrestle yep. not against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. Our fight is not against people, right? We need to understand mm -hmm. that when you mm -hmm. are in uh, a rough goal with maybe your brother, like a brother or a coworker, or there's some sort of division or strife or, or argument between you and somebody else as a Christian, that is not the fight. The fight is in the spirit realm. So it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual mm -hmm. wickedness in high places. Yes. And that is the reason why we call it spiritual warfare. And that is the yes. reason why in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, we are commanded by the Apostle Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, to be on guard, be, be, uh, stand firm in faith, be courageous, mm -hmm. and be strong. And another, strong. another version says, act like men. Yep. And that's that, the one I put on my poster. That's right. I think that's the new American standard version. Act like yeah. men. And when we really act like Christian men, it is it is a picture of a warrior on the front yep. line, 
Mm-hmm. Being on guard, standing firm in faith, not in your own muscles and your own abilities, standing firm in faith, being courageous and being strong. So yep. brother, as I just kind of preface that conversation, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your perspective from Jeremy Kenner, your perspective as a man, your perspective as a police officer regarding mm-hmm. this reality of spiritual warfare. And you said, you said that you see it regularly on the job, the, the, this battle between good and evil. So talk, Absolutely. talk to listeners about your perspective on spiritual warfare. Well, you know, one of the things that I think is under attack is I do believe masculinity is under attack. And I believe Satan is doing that. I believe in the West specifically, Satan knows that if he attacks the male, he's attacking the head of the family. And it's spiritual warfare every day that you wake up as a godly man, you will be, as soon as you turn on your phone, I remember trying to download an app. And as soon as I turn on that app, all I've seen is women sexualizing themselves. Right. And I scrolled and, I, and that's the site that that is a spiritual warfare. Yeah. Because in, in my book, we'll talk about that too. But the thing about it is understanding too many Christian men, they have a weak outlook on life. They do not understand that we are at war and you can either win or you can lose. Do not give up the battle. You have to wake up every day ready to fight. You're going to fight for your marriage. You got to fight to teach your children because believe me right now, somebody else is fighting to teach them. Yep. somebody else is trying to get out there and teach them that the way God has for marriage is not right. Even the guidelines that God put in between the distinction between men, men and women is not right. That God's word is not right. That the way you live your life is not only just an, uh, a different option, that it's absolutely wrong and needs to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And we need to fight that. And as Christian men, we need to wake up every day ready for war. The the Bible talks about in Ephesians putting on the whole armor of God. You need to prepare yourself for war every day you go outside and realizing that every conversation you have, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. We're not trying to destroy people, but we are fighting against ideas, philosophies, and evil, Mm -hmm. true evil. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've seen on this job is that most people do not get to see as a police officer, I get in, become in contact with true evil. And what people see, like, and what I mean by true evil is there's a difference between, you know, you watching your kids and one kid takes something from the other kid and they don't necessarily know what they're doing. Then there's a difference between somebody sexually assaulting a child over and over mm-hmm. and doing that years and years and not having any remorse for it. Wow. When you see stuff like that and you come in contact with people that are truly evil Mm. and you come in contact with with ideas and philosophies that are truly evil, when you I mean, you you, people we're seeing it more and more because society is becoming more accepting of these ideas. But when you can go to school, then somebody who believes there, you know, when you have drag queens doing story time hour Mm. and stuff like that, I believe that is truly evil. And it goes against the nature of what God has for us. Yep. And that doesn't mean we go and we hate these people for doing it. It means that when you conversate with them, you are you need to recognize you are at spiritual warfare. And the spiritual warfare also has a lot to do with giving the truth in love. Like First John says, yep. we give the truth. You cannot be a Christian man and not present the truth. It's true. One of the things that frustrates me so much about being a leader in my church and teaching men is 
how weak we have gotten and how scared men are that God is not giving us a spirit of fear. Yeah, come on. But but he, what what happens and when I see Christian men, they're so scared nowadays, like they don't want to stand up for their family. Well, the school's teaching this and I don't want to offend my wife because she agrees with this and I don't want to offend people. So I just be quiet and stand up for the truth. Yeah. People forget that the apostles, every one of them but one died because of what they stood for. Mm. They don't preach any different gospel than we do today. Yeah. So when people like, it, it just really bothers me how weak, you know, Christian men have gotten. And it's like, I have to keep re reaffirming that as Christian men, the Bible says, Jesus said mm. over and over, people will hate you for this gospel. Mm-hmm. they will hate you that doesn't mean you go out and, and seek to be hated no. but it does mean as a christian man you need to be ready for the yeah. enemy to come and attack you yeah and it's it's not just always you know it, for instance don't be so used to or don't don't have your god um be being liked by everybody there's going to be people who hate you for your stances they're going to be people who hate you simply because you go to church yeah. or you're faithful or you read your Bible or yeah. you have Christian beliefs. There will be people. And, and if you are surprised by that, then you haven't been reading the Bible because mm. Jesus Christ said he's just he's a stone of offense. Mm. You know, and he he people forget the verse where he said he will cause mother to go against father. These are things that the Bible clearly states that if they hated me, they hate you. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. It's amazing. It's amazing to me how, how society, like we, we live in a really pampered kind of generation. We, we, we want to be spoon fed. Um, We want things to just be easy. We don't want to go through hardship. We don't want to have people not like us. We want everybody to accept us. And, and like you just said so well, brother, right from the scriptures that that's not going to happen. It, that will, yeah. that will happen if you're not standing in truth, like you True. said, and, and standing in truth is not being arrogant. It's not being rude. Mm-hmm. It's not being some puffed up, you know, better, better than thou Christian. It's yeah. not, it's not standing on the corner with a sign saying, repent and turn from your sin. Yeah. You know, it's none of that stuff. It's being, in my opinion, it's being confident in the God that has saved you from your sin and, Absolutely. and, and, and walking in that confidence and in mm-hmm. that peace. I mean, we got the fruit of the Holy spirit, love, joy, yep. peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That is, mm-hmm. that is what we have living inside of us. And, and mm-hmm. we, we want every day to wake up and say, Holy spirit, let your fruit live through me today. Let yep. people see that let people see what we call yeah. Christ in me today. And, and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean you go around preaching. It doesn't mean you go around cramming the gospel down people's throats. It means that when you're asked about, man, what's different about you, mm-hmm. then you're ready. You, you're ready to give yeah. an answer. The Bible says, yeah. right. My but idea also, is but always it, that if somebody brings it up to me, they open the door for me to speak my truth, the truth to them. Right. And you can't so, miss those opportunities, yeah. man. Cause you, mm-hmm. you will feel the Holy spirit nudge you and you're yep. like, as if he'll be like, okay, now bro, this is your time. This is your yep. time. Tell them about me. Right. I pretty much have a, uh, something like that happen to me every day mm. where it's something where the Holy spirit is saying, you need to speak up now. 
Yeah. You know, and I think as men, we can't ignore that. Some men have numbed that so much that they don't even hear it anymore. They need to get that back. Pray for God, pray for God to speak to you so that you know when you need to be bold. Yeah. And those of us who are, have affinity to be bold, pray for God to give us discernment to where we're not speaking from our own flesh, you know? And I don't know if you wanted to hear like certain things about the, like my job and things like that. I remember talking to you on the phone and telling you some stories. Yeah. Well, you mentioned there that as a, as a cop in your job, your work as a police officer, you, Mm -hmm. you see as a Christian man, as a Christian cop, you see spiritual warfare, you see the natural crime, you see the natural um, things unfold, but you also see the spiritual warfare. So yeah, tell us, man, I, I love a good story. I'm sure some listeners love good stories. Yeah. If you're willing to well, share, man, let, mm-hmm. tell, tell us some things that you've experienced regarding spiritual warfare. Different than the one that I told you on the phone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I remember going to this, this house, right. And it was a domestic violence situation. I can't say exactly where it was or the people's names or anything like that, Yeah, yeah. but it was a, it was a domestic violence situation. The difference between this domestic violence situation and most is this was between two men that live together in a romantic relationship. Okay, so we go to their house and that's not unusual. Like you have those type of instances all the time. So you go to the house and in our city, we have a the laws and and pretty much the policy that we align is. If there's two things that can get you arrested in domestic violence, one is battery like it's called domestic violence battery. And that means if somebody, if a wife hits a husband or a husband hits a wife, somebody has to go to jail. They have to. The other thing is disorderly conduct, domestic violence. And that means if somebody causes somebody to be in fear for their safety. So say you come at your wife with a knife or you ball your fist up and you act like you're going to punch her and then she calls the police, then somebody has to go to jail in that situation. It's not even, we don't even have discretion. Okay. Somebody has to go to jail. It's, and that's because this is what they, they claim these laws are for, is that um, if we don't arrest somebody, the chances that they get more violent or kill their husband or wife or something like that can happen. So we want to remove them from that situation, which is somewhat understandable, but it's becoming abused now. And every cop will tell you that, that a lot of people will abuse it. But Anyways, this situation, we get to this house and both parties are extremely drunk, okay? The man, one of the men that claiming he got battered is sitting outside on the front um, steps, like the small steps that go up to your door Mm -hmm. in this little patio type area. And he said, you know, he's hitting me, blah, blah, blah. He's my boyfriend and he's, you know, and we've been having, you know, disagreements all night and he's drunk. And so I said, OK, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to talk to him and get his side of the story to see who's doing what. Mm-hmm. My partner stays outside with that guy. I go inside immediately when I go inside. The house is darker than usual. And it's just giving me this weird. Now, I told you I'm a Baptist. Mm. I'm not one of those people that over spiritualizes everything and think everything is is satanic and everything is demon possession i don't believe that but i do believe in those things i just don't believe that everything is is affecting it's affected by those things so that's to preface that i'm not one of those people that's like oh my gosh you got a symbol or you got tattoos you're a satanist that's not what i'm type of person i I agree so i go in the house and i immediately get this feeling like something is off here 
you know? And the guy's sitting on the couch and he's like freaking out. He's like hyperventilating, you know, he's just, and he's got all these tattoos and piercings, which that'll come in, that'll come to play later. I see all these weird things. Some of them I can't describe to you because they're sexual, mm-hmm. but just all types of weird stuff around the house, shrines, all types of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I talked to him and he's just freaking out. He's not making any sense. He's just, and he's saying he, he suffers from everything, pretty much PTSD, bipolar disorder, all types of mental disorders. Right. But we like, sir, did you hit him? And he basically says, yeah, I hit him, but I had my reasons, blah, blah, blah. In that sense, he's going to jail, you know, because he t- said that he's, he's got to go. So we tend up put him he's in the moment. I tell him he's going to jail. He starts freaking out anymore. He's crying. It's not coming out the nose. We like, sir, listen, we'll get this figured out. You, but you got, you know, he's just really like, ah, I, I remember doing this with my head. Cause that's what he was doing. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. like leaning back and forth. I'm talking about, he was crying so much that we had to get him medical attention because he kept hyperventilating. All right. So in this situation, we have to take pictures of the apartment and pictures of the person's damages that says they were injured. We come and I got my, my standard issue camera from the, the, you know, the office and we got to take pictures of the injuries and the scene. So I go in there and I try to take pictures. This camera has been working all day. It gets blurry on every picture. Okay. Mm. And I'm like, what is wrong with this camera? So I'm like trying to take pictures around. Everyone is blurry. Wow. Every single one. Mm. Okay. So then I look in the corner and I'm like, this is a giant book. This like book is thicker than like two Bibles. And the book says satanic rituals. Mm. And I'm like, what the heck? You know me? Cause I'm, I'm like, this is some weird stuff, you know, mm. coming to find out he not only had his, we, cause he had his shirt off. We see these weird things on his back. And it's like these circles on his back with metal parts and where he basically, his fetish is to be hooked up with chains through his skin and to hang upside down by these chains. Like some just straight up satanic demonic stuff. Yeah, man. And so this is the weird things get weird because I can't take any pictures and I'm trying to explain to my partner who, you know, he claims that he knows the Lord, but <laughs> he's a good guy. So anyways... I try to explain to him, like, dude, I saw this book in the corner. Weird stuff is going on. I'm getting this weird vibe from inside his apartment. All the pictures are coming out blurry. And he's, like, joking. He's, like, I think it's an operator or error. I think it's your fault. You know, like, just joke. He doesn't understand what I'm saying at all, you know? I'm trying to explain to him that this is a spiritual thing, dude. So the Holy Spirit convicts me. This is one of the times we talked about before yeah. where the Holy Spirit is like, you need to tell this man he's involved in this demonic stuff. You need to tell him the truth of Jesus Christ that oh. I can save him. Wow. And so I go over to him, right? At this time, medical, I just got done treating him because he's hyperventilating. He's still in cuffs. He's in the back of our squad car. Mm-hmm. I open the door. I say, hey, man, you doing all right? He's still, <laughs> he's, he's crying, shaking his head. I can't believe I don't want to go to jail. All this stuff. So I just took my hand and I and I put it on. The, I opened the door and I said, "Listen, man, I saw something in your apartment, and it really gave me alarm. And I just want to tell you this without getting into all your business. Hmm. You involved in stuff you shouldn't be involved in, man. And I go and I tell him. I said, and I want you to know, 
that Jesus Christ can save you. Mm. That's all I said, okay? He immediately, this is what he did. And this is this, this is where my hair went under, started to stand on the back of my neck. He immediately freaking out, snotting the nose and everything. He said, what gives you the right to tell me what I can believe? Wow. And I was like, what? You know, so I've taken back, but here's the thing that even surprised me more. Did he say it in I, a different voice? Yeah, it was not, but it wasn't a different voice than his this time, like the yeah. other story I told yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It was his same voice, but it was completely different. Like he was freaking out and high-pitched yeah. squealing and stuff. And he was like, what gives you the right to say? Like, no, no tears, no blinking, no nothing. Right, and he right. looks at me dead in the eye. And he's like, wow. what gives you the right to tell me what I can believe? Hmm. You don't get the right to tell me what to believe. And he's like, and he's like, I have my religion, you have yours. Hmm. And then he was just like, just went right back to screaming and wow. stuff, you know? Wow. And so then I said, this is what I said. I said, listen, man, there is only one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he just gave me this angry look in the middle of screaming, and then he went back to doing it. And so I was like, something, I was like, I told my partner, and I was like, this is a spiritual thing, dude. Mm-hmm. He is involved in stuff he should not be involved in. And we took him to um, the, the jail where you get booked in and all that. And he was still freaking out and over the, he, he was doing a bunch of goofy stuff that he shouldn't have done, just screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah. But it was just in the same sense situation that the name of Jesus Christ took him out of his whole attitude that he was in before. Yeah. Hmm. And it was just like, I knew something was going on there. And it was like, the thing, other thing that surprised me was, usually I would be, like when I said the, the, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, mm-hmm. I wasn't scared. Mm. The Holy Spirit, when I said, there's only one God, but his name, it was like his, the spirit that was in him versus the spirit that was in yeah. me. Yeah, for sure it was. And so when he, when I said it was only one guy, it was like, I wasn't even speaking that the Holy spirit was like, you are not scared. You're any, and I'm not gonna lie. I was angry. Yeah. I was angry with righteous indignation. It was like, I'm not And the thing that filled me was like, you're not going to be intimidated by this. Well, it's like going back to what we is stronger than this. That's right. And you touched on it earlier, man. Like God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Right. And, yeah. and, and again, like we, that we know, like we talked about in, in Ephesians there, our, your, your battle there was not against that man. Yep. You, you discerned in the spirit because there's a spiritual realm. If right, right now, if God were to open up our, all of our spiritual eyes, or even right now, if he were to open up our natural eyes to mm-hmm. the spiritual realm, Every one of us would be floored. We would be, we yep. would see demons fighting against angels. We would mm-hmm. see principalities of the air, like the Bible talks about. The spiritual yep. realm is is just as real, if not more real than more the natural yeah. world. Come on, that we live in, right? Yep. And, and, and we see the manifestation of the spiritual world, whether it's the spirit of darkness or the spirit of light whether it's mm-hmm. the, an evil spirit or whether it's the Holy Spirit, that, that those two powers, the power of Satan or the power of God working through the spirit realm, they manifest themselves through people and through yeah. natural situations. Mm-hmm. And so your yeah. battle was not against that man. And it's yeah. amazing. It's, it, it's amazing to me, isn't it? When you speak the name of Jesus, 
You see, the Bible teaches, gentlemen, that the name of yeah. Jesus is the name given to men by, by which we must be saved. There's no other name given among mm -hmm. men by which we must be saved yeah. in the name of Jesus. His name is the name above all names. Mm -hmm. And so when we speak his name, not, not just the letters of, you know, J-E-S, it's, it's speaking his name in faith, yeah. in authority. Mm -hmm. We speak, we declare the name of Jesus. That's why we pray. When we pray, Lord, in yep. Jesus' name, we come to in you. That, that yep. is where the power is. That is where mm -hmm. the authority is. And God has given us, the Bible teaches us this, God has given us power, us, you and I, as Christian men, yeah. he's given us power over all the works of the enemy, the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And it's not in the name of Jeremy. If you went there yeah. and said, brother, you're into some crazy <laughs> things. You know, you need to, you know, I come at you in the name of Jeremy or in the name of Matt Noel from Canada, eh? Like, there's no power there. There's no power there. There's no real authority yep. there. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the things of the spiritual world, it is the power of the name of yeah. Jesus. It kind of, and I'm glad those, those, because I have several more stories. I'm sure I will, will tell more in the future. We'll, maybe we'll get you back on another episode for sure, yes. man. But um, the thing about it is I'm glad those things happen to me because sometimes in your Christian walk, it can become stagnant where you forget the power of God oh, man. and you forget what you're really fighting Come against. On, so and true. then and you and you can man. go through life and just you're reading your Bible, but you're not really getting mm. anything from it. Bro. You're going through marriage, you're waking up, you're going to sleep, you eat your Come food. On, man. Yes. And then what happens is you come in contact with something like that. And it reminds you, listen, man, there's things going on behind the scene that we don't, that have been going on all this time. Oh. And not, not only is the Holy Spirit protecting you from those things, but he's giving you the power to defeat those things. Come on, man. You and know so what? It's, it's, go I, ahead. What are you going to say? No, I'm glad you're saying that, man. Be, and it doesn't mean we go around like witch hunting. We don't yeah. go around looking, as a Christian man, you don't go around looking for evil spirits and demons yep. that you can fight. But exactly because that's you, that's a dangerous thing to do that is a very dangerous thing it, it but if but listen if you are serious for serving jesus christ if you are serious come on bro you just said what i was gonna say hold they up give me a minute you. they will come if you want a marriage that honors jesus christ uh -huh. if you are trying to raise your kids in a broken dark world like we live in you are trying to raise your kids in the scriptures in the in the ways of jesus christ to love and honor god to mm -hmm. serve people to follow in faith the lord man you are, are you have a target on your back and like yeah, my brother just said those spiritual forces will come to you and listen you are not to be afraid because yep. just like you, bro, when, when you were, you know, opened up your, your cop car and you told that brother the truth that there's power in Jesus name, that he is God, right? You said naturally, naturally speaking, a man would be afraid, but you yes. said it, the spirit of God inside of you, brother, mm -hmm. came up and it gave you that boldness and that authority and that love yeah. and compassion. And that is what we mean. So gentlemen, don't be afraid of the spiritual battle that we are in. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Our battle is not in ourselves. Our battle is in Christ Jesus. And bro, it's so true. These things will come to you. If, it, if God permits it, if God permits, you know, your eyes to, to be opened, you to experience some spiritual warfare, some demonic things, he will allow it. But fear not, because greater is he within you than, than the enemy that is in this world. I, I, I just feel, I feel I want to share something here. Yeah. Um, I've never shared this before ever. 
Okay. Ever. Like never. I'm, I've talked to my wife about it and maybe, maybe my father. I just feel led based on our conversation that this is something I want to share. Um, yeah. be, there is many years ago, about 10 years ago, I was um, involved in youth ministry. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we were doing a, a one week camp at a, a campground for, for teenagers. And okay. there was also some junior high, uh, junior high. So the younger grade six and sevens uh, or grade seven and eight. And then there was some, some older teens as well. And we were at this campground and I was kind of the one that would, you know, preach the lessons throughout the week. And, and okay. be, I was, I was the pastor role that week for, for the camp on the very last day, um, literally minutes, like we were, we were, all the kids were out by the buses, their bags were packed. We were getting ready to go. Uh, the week was over. Uh, somebody comes up to me in a panic and says, Pastor Matt, you're needed. You're needed over there. Somebody's ran off. Okay. And I, I had no idea what they were talking about. I, I was mm -hmm. like, I was like, what? I, I don't, what? You're needed. You're needed over there. I'm like, okay. I didn't know what I was going to. So they started running towards where I was needed. And I started running, following them and mm -hmm. we're going behind these buildings and then through this field and we're heading towards a forest. And okay. I'm like, I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. I'm needed. So I'm going, you know, people are looking at me as the spiritual kind of one of the spiritual leaders that week. So, okay, I guess I got to go. Yeah. So I get to this forest and we go, we go in into the forest and it goes up this really steep hill trees everywhere it's a dark a dense forest okay and when i when i get about probably 50 feet 100 feet into the forest up this steep hill i see some people in this commotion on the ground mm. and and i get up closer and i realize that it's a 10 or 11 year old boy at, who is that part of the the week of of you know camp okay. a 10 11 year old boy and he was on the ground and there was a grown man probably in his 50s another okay. another grown man probably in his 30s and a younger older um, senior high student and they were trying to restrain this boy oh. by, by holding him on the ground because he was trying to run up the the forest hill which there was a cliff on the other side oh. he, he was just running for mm -hmm. some freaky reason yeah the grown man in his 50s i tell you no exaggeration was probably approaching 250 pounds himself yeah. and he needed two other men to help restrain this boy from running away into danger Mm -hmm. And now they call me and I go, and I also have to help restrain this boy. It was a scene of chaos. It came mm -hmm. out of nowhere. It was the last thing I would ever expect to unfold before my eyes. Yeah. I didn't know what was happening. So I started just praying. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. We, we're holding this boy down. He is flailing. He's freaking out. And as I start to pray, because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. You know, we're trying to calm him down it's okay you know we're we're trying to help you here and mm -hmm. he's freaking out he's failing failing around and yeah i begin to pray lord jesus i begin to pray lord jesus when i started to pray he he would look at me and say i hate you i hate yeah. you 
And then, and then he would flail and I was praying and he would look at me again and he kept looking at me saying, I hate you. I hate you. This, I, I don't even remember how it ended, but some other grownups came somehow it, he calmed down. And, and next thing, you know, after the blur of my brain of what just happened, like my wife's like, what just happened? I, I don't know what just happened. And it was just a real scene of chaos. Next thing, you know, we all get on the buses, you know, there's three, four buses there. We all load up on the buses. I didn't know if I'd see this boy come on the bus. I didn't know. I was, I was, I was completely worn, exhausted. I didn't even know what happened. Part of me was like, was this, was this a demon? Was this just yeah. oppression? What was, was this just flesh? But as I think about it, like, a 10, 11 year old boy having to need four men to restrain yes. him. There's something mm -hmm. going on. And then when I begin yeah. to pray the whole hatred, I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. But next thing you know, we're all on the buses and I end up sitting beside this boy who an hour before I was part of other men trying to restrain him. So he didn't run off and harm himself. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting beside him and he's reading to me stories and favorite stories of that he likes in the bible he's reading yeah. them to me in his right mind he's not mad at me he's not scared of me he's not thinking man why were you holding us down in the forest he would none of that he was in his right mind and there was a sense of peace and it, so i i share that story because even to this day i don't fully understand all yeah. of why that happened i wasn't wanting it i wasn't asking for it we yeah. didn't formulate it. It just happened. Mm -hmm. It just happened. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what that was today. And I'm not going to, you know, give my opinion of what exactly I know. I know it was this. I know it was that. But something was happening there. And for him to want to, you know, be willing to sit with me on the bus ride home and mm -hmm. to not be afraid of me and to not question what was happening. He never once questioned it. What? And so I say mm -hmm. that the spiritual world is real and it wants yeah. to manifest itself and it is manifesting itself all across our world in so many ways. And gentlemen, we need to understand that is the reality that we are in. And you touched on it before, man, not everything is the devil, you know, like yeah. I, I was driving to work and my car died. Oh, the devil make my, made my car <laughs> die. No, no, no. You forgot to put gas in your car, yeah. brother. Right? So don't be blaming the devil. Right. But Yep. A lot of it is. I mean, Satan is called the God of the world. Uh, and and mm -hmm. he, is, he is roaring, roaming around like a roaring lion and he's wanting to devour people. And so, gentlemen, yep. we, we need to be on guard. We need to understand this is real and we need to be on guard. Absolutely. I want, Absolutely. I, I want to share one more verse with, with another thought with you here regarding spiritual warfare. We talked about this actually at our family devotion time just two, okay. weeks, two weeks ago. We're reading through the book of Ephesians as a family now. Every Saturday, oh, we like to read that. And we read Ephesians 4.27. And it talks about not giving, it talks about not letting the sun go down in your anger um, and giving the devil a foothold. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, she says, you know, I said, do you understand what? She's like, I like that word foothold. And I said, well, do you know what that word foothold is? And I actually illustrated if, if someone knocked on our front door and I went and I looked, we actually have a little peephole like apartments do. And yeah. I looked through the peephole and I saw it was like this really freaky looking guy. He had like a, uh, you know, a, a baseball bat or, or like a, <laughs> a chain and he was scary. And, 
you know, he was banging in, let me in, let me in, you know, would I, would I open that door and let him in? Of course not. Like I would, I would make sure that that man does not get into my home. And, and I said, but, but if I even open it a little bit, just turn the knob, unlock the door, turn the knob and open it just a little bit, you know, immediately he's going to shove his, his big heavy boot inside that door. And now Mm -hmm. there's no way I can get that shut again. Right. I need God to come and intervene to help me because he's got that foothold. And Mm -hmm. and Jeremy, I'm sure you agree with this and you probably see this a lot, even regarding being a police officer, that there are a lot of natural, what, what we would call natural things that if we allow those things to have a foothold, you know, mm-hmm. or, or a little place in our hearts, a little place in our lives, in our minds. You know, we, we have the eye gate, we have the ear gate, we have all of these different things that would be like a door. If we open those things up a little bit, you know, there's a, the old expression, if you give the devil a, an inch, you'll take a mile. Yeah. And I'm sure you see the, the manifestation of that with people, you know, they're getting into drugs, getting uh-huh. into uh, gangs. You know, a lot of violence, a a lot of these things, you know, the enemy is, is the root that Satan and his evil is the root of all these things. And if you allow yourself a foothold of these things, it can really expand into something terrible. I'm sure you would agree with that. That's hundred percent true. Yep. Yeah. You got to fight it. One of the things that one of my favorite verses of the Bible tells how men should not let, you know, sexual morality control their life. And that's, is my dad always told me this. He said, the Bible told, tells us to fight against sin. What it says when it comes to sexual morality, it says flee. Flee. Wow. Yeah, that's true. And then he, I was like, why is that? You know, he was like, because a man can't fight that. You need to run from that one. You don't go places where you're going to be tempted and think you're going to just fight it. Come on, man. You know, yeah. and he was like, and I will illustrate that in my comic book too, but it's one of those things where it's like, you have to be ready for spiritual warfare and for the evil things of the world to come and, and try to attack you. And you got to know how to fight them. It's true. The old, the old, uh, an old commentary or commentator of scripture and author and minister of scripture, uh, Matthew Henry, you might recognize his name. He, yeah. he said, if we don't drive sin out, sin will drive us out. That's and, correct. And, and it's the true, right? We, it just, it just needs a little place in our hearts. And, and gentlemen, you know, maybe you're sitting there listening to like what we're talking about here on this podcast. And, and maybe right now you feel like, man, I, I really, I know there's some areas in my life, man, where I've allowed a foothold. I've allowed some things in and I, and I feel, and I discern, and I sense that, that just that spirit of darkness at work. And, and I want you to know, gentlemen, there, there's still hope. There's hope for you. This is why Jesus came. Jesus mm-hmm. came to save us from our sin. Jesus came yeah. to set us free. The truth, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. And so and I'll tell you this too. One of the things that, that people need to realize is there's a negative and a positive. Jesus Christ is the hope for your life. Yeah. But if there is no Jesus Christ, there is no hope. There is no point to life. Right. There is no reason to keep going and people believe you're just going to die and not exist. That's not true. But imagine believing that philosophy and thinking you're going to wake up every day and have purpose in your life. Yeah. There is no purpose without Jesus Christ. You have to have find your purpose and fulfillment and following the will of God. Yeah. And you will not have happiness 
Look at all these, you know, these people that are filthy rich committing suicide. Filthy rich still got to do drugs to numb the pain. Yeah. You know, live got everything you could ever want in life, and they still are not happy. Yeah. And you got to understand that without Jesus Christ, there is no real purpose. And the only real purpose and purpose of man's creation is to find the will of God and go and, and keep seeking that. Yeah. And so when people keep, you know, will tell you that all these other things will fulfill you. It's a spiritual warfare. People forget that the Bible says, become a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Satan says, do whatever you want to do that gives you happiness. Mm -hmm. And people forget that. They think all these little phrases came from, you know, the world's philosophies. Just do what makes you happy. That's straight satanic. Yeah. There is nothing in this world that will make you happy. You can have all of whatever you desire, and it won't make you happy. But finding the will of God, whatever you are, whether you're a carpenter or a police officer, you will find happiness and joy in doing whatever you do if you search in and following God's will for your life. That's right. And there is no happiness outside of that. That's right, man. Well, bro, I was just about to say, hey, Jeremy, why don't you uh, give one last <laughs> encouraging thought to the men? before we leave the podcast and you well, were one tell this the book yes. the comic book yes talk about that it. man well just shortly because i know you probably got to go no i want but, you to talk about that i was going to talk about that next oh, go for okay. it okay okay but yeah the the comic book's called wags the warrior of truth you can buy it on indiegogo at the same name wags the warrior of truth as w-a-g-s mm -hmm. the warrior of truth and it's a comic book about spiritual warfare and what it is is that I am trying to illustrate what's happening spiritually according to like my philosophies. How would I illustrate the battles that happen as um, parallel to what's going on in the real world? Mm -hmm. So when a Christian is discussing or having a debate with somebody, if they're having a, a battle against sin, what does it look like in the spiritual world? Right. And that's where the comic book goes on. So the characters are Christian, but I want it to be realistic. It looks like a cutesy comic book where the characters are, you know, animals and stuff like that, but they will be dealing with real life issues. Yeah. So what from, from issues of sexual morality to issues of eight, the talking about atheism to issues of talking about agnostics and postmodernism, they will be talking about all of those things. And what's going to happen is, the characters, I want to display it in the most realistic way possible to where, just like in the Christian life, when you're approached by some of these things, you don't know what to say. You don't know how to battle it until you go back and you study apologetics and you study the word of God and you know how to debate and you come back stronger. Those things are going to happen, but it's going to show how that battle manifests itself in the spiritual world. How yeah. do you know, when the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, what does that armor mean? What does it look like? Mm -hmm. How do you uh, level up that armor? How, how does, um, you, you know, when you're fighting together alongside your brothers and one of you guys are strong in the faith, but one of you guys are strong in knowledge, one of you guys might have a really big shield, but the other one might have a really long sword. Mm, Different right. things like that will show in the comic book. And it'll like all that. like, the comic book is made to encourage Christians to go out and battle. And it's actually made for young men. Mm -hmm. I want to encourage young men to be man, be men, have something. When I was growing up, I liked stuff like the Ninja Turtles and, and Dragon Ball Z. I liked all that combat stuff. And I don't think we have anything like that for young Christians. Mm -hmm. And so that was my goal to encourage men. And even like the men, the men, me and your age, we could probably read it and still be like, oh, okay, I understand what that's going on. 100%, and there's a man. lot of little um, Easter eggs in there too, about the world's philosophy 
There's one I'm surprised in the first comic book people haven't caught yet. But it's a lot of like stuff about philosophy and apologetics in there where I'm trying to illustrate it in a way that people can absorb it and really understand what spiritual warfare is all about. Absolutely, man. And and the drawings and the illustration is awesome. Like you got a real gift, man. You're super talented. You know, I, I know in our conversation earlier this week, you're like, man, if I could just do this full time, you could draw 16 hours a day, you'd say, right? <laughs> yeah, I can. So God's obviously given you a real passion and a real ability to do this, man. And it's awesome to see that you're using it. You're using your gift for God, man. You know, you're fighting, you're fighting on the front line, doing your police work. You know, you're yeah. standing in your marriage, you know, the, the white, the godly white woman that the Lord blessed you with. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you're raising your kids, man, to serve God. It's awesome. So you're doing some, you're doing some powerful, uh, powerful work out there, buddy. And I know that, I know that, I know it's blessed me just to, just to get to know you. I feel like I've known you for a long time already, man. Just yeah. that connection. Yeah, so. it does. It does feel like that. Yeah, and absolutely. that's because we both we both really believe what we're saying. We both trust the same God. Yeah. Anytime I meet another Christian, it feels like I've known him forever. Yeah, because we have the same Father. Yeah, <laughs> so, Isn't that funny. It's so true. So yeah, true. So, so you can, it's you, can been uh, like that. you can check out uh, more of Wags, the Warrior of Truth. That's comic book by Jeremy Kenner. Uh, check out hit on Facebook. You can uh, search up Wags the Warrior. Um, yep. uh, or uh, um, and you can find more of the the comic book there. It's actually a great page you have going on there uh yeah and maybe you'll find a link there to, to some of jeremy's uh sweet uh, robot breakdancing as well <laughs> maybe um, maybe you, you can uh you can buy the comic on you said it was indigo indiegogo indiegogo, yeah, indiegogo it's like a crowdfunding website okay and that's only only has nine days left for that then after that i'll probably put up a store page where you can buy it but okay. i really wanted the people to get on indiegogo because the more people donate to the indiegogo site the more other people who are unaware see it Okay. Do you have a main website at all, or it would Facebook uh, be the, the best uh, Facebook platform? For right now, I got Facebook and in, in Instagram, and you look up Wags the Warrior of Truth. They're okay. both on there. Okay. And then we also have the, I'll speak a lot about my comic book on the Zeal Brothers page, the one me and my brother do. Yeah, where yeah. We talk about Christian philosophy and how okay. to be a masculine man. Yeah, yep. for sure. Well, what I'm going to get you to do, man, if you could actually send me those links, I'll put the, all mm -hmm. those links right in the show notes of the podcast. So the, listener, the listeners can find you really quickly that way. So definitely, uh, bro, it's been great having you on the yeah. podcast, man. I appreciate it. Maybe one day we'll get you back. And uh, yeah. I look forward to just the connection, the friendship that the Lord's made between us. So I will I, come I, back anytime you want, man. Yeah, anytime I, I have free time. Appreciate that, man. I know you got to go off to work now, right? Yeah, we got to get, got to get ready. But yeah, all right. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. You too. Bye, Jeremy. Thanks for joining me on the front line. Contact me at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Standing on the front line at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God.